Hello and welcome to another Slice of Pie podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Jones. <clears throat> Been a week. Uh, another week has passed and we've got more restrictions here in uh, Ontario as far as as far as the, the lockdown goes. Um, but that's not what I want to talk about this week. Um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Winter's, Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, and a lot about uh, magic this week because it's been a pre-release weekend, which traditionally have been my favorite times in magic. So we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, sip of coffee. No, uh, no favorite thing this week. We're gonna let's just jump uh, right into it. Um, so Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I'm assuming people are watching. I'm gonna keep uh, this uh, spoiler free until next next episode by the time i record the next episode the entire series will be out and i think that that's at that point that's when i can talk about it because i do know people that have been holding off they said i'll just watch all six at once which in some ways i wish i i had but i you know i'm i can't i gotta i gotta watch every i gotta watch every episode as soon as it comes out um i've been really impressed uh i will say this it was funny um, last week, so between episodes four and five, um, there was thought that episode five was going to have a, we were going to see a character we hadn't seen before in the Marvel universe portrayed by somebody, you know, like a big name actor. And, uh, um, so we definitely got that, but it was definitely not what anyone had expected. It was fun seeing everybody, you know, speculate online once again. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm not going to say who it is. Uh, I'm just going to say that uh, I was uh, surprised to see the actor in this, but it was it was a great scene, and it's only one scene. I will tell you that this character only appears in one scene in episode five. Um, I will say this: speaking of actors, um, really impressed with Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. Um, and his portrayal of John Walker. I know he's gotten some hate. I think, but that's the character, right? And I think, obviously, people online sometimes, you know, can confuse the character and the and the actor. But the whole idea is that people weren't supposed to, you weren't supposed to like John Walker. You know, he was supposed to be kind of, you know, and he was put in a bad position, right? How do you, you know, how do you live up to Steve Rogers? And the answer is, you don't. Um and he has a, um, you know, a really interesting arc. And, and uh, I really like, a, there's a, a great scene in episode five um, where he gets to, to monologue a little bit. Uh, and anyway, it's a great scene. I don't want to go, <laughs> I really don't want to spoil it. Um, so maybe I'm not going to talk very much about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm just going to say I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I love the the buddy cop action, uh, you know, 80s action vibe. Um, even down to the the end credits, um, it seems like it, the you know the music is right out of a Lethal Weapon movie, which is great. Uh, so yeah, um, looking forward to talking about it in depth next week. Which I will. Um, so I guess well, let's just move right on to magic. I'm talking about magic two weeks in a row. 
so this is a pre-release weekend, and historically, um, well, historically these are the weekends where uh, Wizards of the Coast releases um, has pre-release kits, and they have pre-release events. So you would go to a store, you get a, a pack that has essentially six packs of the, whatever the new set is. You build your 40-card deck with those cards only, and you're playing against other people. It's usually very casual, uh, and it's also the first time that most people have actually played with the cards. So they tend to be very fun, casual events. Uh, Pre-releases have been some of my favorite uh, times playing Magic. Uh, I've... You know, I've gotten midnight events. Uh, I've been to one um, in Vegas. Uh, and if you're not familiar, I live in Toronto. Um, I was traveling for business and ended up there early, early on a Saturday because we were planning on having meetings on a uh, on a Sunday. And um, I got there early in an early Saturday afternoon and had nothing to do. You know, and well, it was Vegas. I guess there was lots of stuff to do, but I didn't have any work-related things to do and realized, oh, it's pre-release weekend. <laughs> I wonder if I can find a store. Sure enough, found a local store and went and played uh, uh, and played in the, I think it was the Amonkhet uh, pre-release. So I, I love pre-release. Now, obviously, things have been a little different. Um, there hasn't been a physical, you know, like in-store pre-release since... Well, for obviously about a year. Um, so what they've been doing is a lot of stores have been selling their pre-release kits and saying it's a you know pre-release at home event. You know, so we'll buy a couple of the pre-release kits, play with you know family or friends, uh, and I guess that works. You know, if you've got you know if you've got a family and friends that you can play with, um, or you're in a you know if it's the the friend part, if you're in an area where or part of the world where you're allowed to, you know, play physically. Um, you know, like I said, right now we're, we're pretty much strict lockdown and it's, you know, household only, uh, and really can't get anyone to play here, which is not a huge deal. Uh, and, and now with, with magic arena, the, you know, the, the, the set becomes available the, the day of pre-release. So, so you could have played the, the uh, the new cards from the Strixhaven set on Arena from Thursday on, which I have. One of the things that Magic the Wizards did this year or for this pre-release is they had something called the Strixhaven Party, uh, and what it it's been in uh, it's been an online uh, pre-release event um, that allows you to use physical cards, and it's using Spell Table, and Spell Table uh, is the website that I think I mentioned briefly last week and it's a way to play with your you know paper magic cards online so it's a website that that's essentially um, you know it'd be like video conferencing the difference is um, a it'll allow you to use a mobile phone as your camera. So you're going to need two devices. You need your like a laptop or, or a, a tablet that's going to be your display screen. And then when it asks you what you want to use for your camera, it'll allow you to choose a mobile device. So you can choose your phone 
And what happens is once you start up the game or you join the, the match, a little QR code appears. You take a picture of that with your mobile device and it brings you to the it brings you to the match and kind of pairs things up. And all you need to do is find a way to have your phone suspended, you know, above your playing surface. So it'll take, so it'll be capturing video of it. Uh, and the real special sauce, which I think I mentioned before is that is the card reader technology. So you've got your screen. Uh, and even though the game has, it's been, it was designed to play commander. Uh, it, you can, play anything you know any type of magic so de definitely played some you know 1v1 this weekend on it um but it, you, when you click on a card uh on you know on any of the in any of the the video feeds so when you know your opponent's play surface or on yours um and 95 percent of the time probably more than that um it, it's automatically detecting the card and then you get a large version of the card off to the side that you can view. So, if, you know, especially on a pre-release, if you don't know the cards, someone's placing a card down, you just click on it. And it saves if every, you know, it saves you from having to stop everything. What does that card do? Um, it also has a built-in um, uh, card lookup. So it's once again, right in the interface. If for some reason the card isn't getting detected, you know, lighting's weird or whatnot. Um, you can just type in the name of the card. It'll come up. It's great. So they were facilitating all this through a, through a discord server, um, using bots that, um, that actually worked pretty well. Um, so you could sign up for events. They've had windows and then they had different matches. And when, during those times when it was open, you would get, you would pop into, if you wanted to just play best of one, um, limited, you would pop in and join and the bots would pair you up with somebody. You would get a link to the spell table. You would go play your game. And then when you came back, you would, um, say who won the match. Really simple. I uh, got to play a couple times and it was a lot, it was fun. Um, the, I will admit that the audio aspect of it is not great. And in fact, <laughs> they even recommend that find a different way to do audio. Um, you know, the intention is for them to have audio working, but obviously the, they're really focused on the video and the, and the card reading uh, capabilities. Um, and we, the first match I tried playing, we tried using the audio in, in the, uh, in spell table and we, it was not good. It was constantly going out. Um, so what they actually recommend is that, you know, use the audio over discord or I guess any other audio, um, you know, audio, uh, you know, voice chat device that, that's separate. Um, and once you do that, it works much better. So. I got to play a couple uh, games with physical cards, and it was awesome. Um, and there was also a... They were doing some commander events, uh, primarily with the new Strixhaven um, pre-constructed decks uh, that they had... Were some, not supposed to be released until next weekend, but I guess like on Thursday they decided, no, we're going to let stores release it a week early. Uh, so people can can play them in the, in, during this Strixhaven party. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have a you know three and a half hours to set aside to play a game of Commander. 
but I did get one of the uh, pre-con decks just in case, and uh, yeah, you know, it looks fun. Um, so what did I do for the pre-release? Um, and so this pre-release was a little bit different. Um, the majority of the time, I think I said you're getting six packs of cards. Um, with this set, it's uh, Strixhaven, the School of Mages. Um, so there are five colleges, and uh, each college is a different color pair. Uh, so this time out, uh, when you got your pre-release kit, you had to pick one of the one of the colleges. Um, so there is there's Lorehold, which is red white. There's Prismari, which is red blue. There's Quandrix, which is blue-green. There's Witherbloom, which is green-black. And then there's Silver Quill, which is black-white, if I think. I think I got all that right. Uh, so you pick your college for your pre-release pack. And instead of getting six packs of cards, you're getting five packs of the draft-sealed boosters. Uh, and then you're getting a special sixth pack, which is a college themed booster so it's really it's going to be 15 cards that are in your color pair uh so you know what i like about that is a you know you've got a better if you you know if you don't especially with pre-release you know you're probably not trying to be ultra competitive you're just looking at well what can i play you know that looks kind of fun in especially if you're following along with some of the spoilers saying, oh yeah, some of the, you know, here's a, you know, here's a college or a theme that I'm interested in. I'd like to try playing that. Um, this kind of sets you down that path, right? The disadvantage is you still have five packs to open and, you know, you could uh, pick a, you know, a silver quill pack, which is black, white, and you've got your, you know, your college booster, you know, which has 15 black and white cards. And then you open up the other five and it doesn't support you at all. And now you've had an entire pack of cards that is, that is really not going to contribute to your deck. Um, I have been, I was lucky. I got a couple, um, uh, pre-release kits. Uh, I got a Quandrix and a Lorehold and both of those, um, even though when I was open, opening them, I didn't think that there was uh, that I would be able to build a, a deck uh, based on those color pairs or the color pairs from the pre-release uh, kit. Um, but, but in both cases, it worked out. Uh, one of the things I really like uh, so far about this set, and I've played a little bit, um, especially on uh, on Arena is they've tried doing something different with the color pairs. Um, you know, a good example is typically, uh, typically red, white is, is a, is a very aggressive, uh, for this set, they care more about graveyard shenanigans and, uh, artifacts. Um, so that's been, so that's interesting. Um, Blue Red is really concerned about treasure and big spells and finding ways to kind of reduce the reduce the cost of it. Uh, excuse me. Um, Blue Green it's um, it, very token focused. Um, played a lot of the, the tokens called fractals. Um, 
yeah, and it's it's been a lot of fun. So, like I said, um, played some physical stuff and then played a lot of uh, arena. Um, did a one sealed event and have done a lot of drafts. And I can say that so far, I'm really enjoying this set. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I wonder how long I will enjoy it. Um, and I say that because the last set we had, Kaldheim, um, I found very challenging. Um, but did a lot of drafts of it and was still enjoying the drafts right until, well, last week. Um, the problem is <laughs> the interesting thing about Kaldheim is that there wasn't any real, uh, you know, obvious lanes as to what your draft archetypes would be. There was, you know, a couple, there was, there was blue, red giants and, uh, there was, there was blue red giants. There was some red white aggro, but most of it was uh, snow. Get the best, get the best cards you can. So it was a lot of um, well, it, it was a lot of it was just a, a weird drafting environment. Whereas this particular one, the the cards are really focused on on those schools. So, you know, the game, so this set really rewards you for, for getting in a lane and sticking to it. Um, where it's called Heim, like I said, was, was just all over the place. Um, it's fun from an environment that you're, you're saying, okay, I want to, you know, I really want to try this and there's a good chance, you know, you know, as long as you're reading the signs and seeing what, <laughs> and seeing what other people are drafting, or, you know, what's being, um, you should be okay. So, um, but I wonder, you know, uh, two months from now, will that be a little tiring? Because, okay, you know, there's pretty much five archetypes and this is what we can do. The problem is, we're, we're, but right now, the, I don't, it's not a problem. Um, I look at the the archetypes or the, the schools are, are really fun. Um, so I don't know how bored, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get bored with them. Um, because as I said before, they're doing something different that they, that they haven't done before. Um, so I've drafted probably the most so far of, um, the, oddly enough, the two, uh, pre-release kits that I picked up, Quandrix Blue Green and, and Lorehold Red White. Um, and, um, Lorehold seems really interesting and I've had some fun, Others seem to think that it's online. Seem to think it's really powerful. Um, I just have not had a lot of success um, with my games, um, but as with uh, Quandrix, super fun. Really focused on getting at as much lands as possible, and, and then creating these um, these giant uh, fractal tokens, um, which are just end up being these big creatures that you can you know bash things with so yeah i've been really enjoying uh, quandrix um i've had a couple silver quail um and they're the they're focused on creating like one one uh one one counters and and, and flying 
they're they're the literary school. Oh, I should have maybe mentioned. So they, they each have a theme. Um, so Lorehold is all about um, like archaeology and, and the history. Um, Quandrix is all about um, math and science. Um, Prismari, they're the art kids. Um, Silver Quill are the literature people would. Um, so I, I guess Prismari are more like the, like the dramatic arts. Um, and then there's Witherbloom, which is kind of like the weird biology kids. And I shouldn't say weird, but but that that's kind of the their focus. It's biology, and 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 their theme is um, is weird, uh, like um, life gain and graveyard stuff. Um. So, played some uh, played some. Uh, I think I've draw drafted two decks that are silver quill. Um, I drafted my first Prismari deck this morning. Um, of played two games and won both of them so enjoying <laughs> enjoying that so far um yeah uh just so far really loving the set but one of the things that it has reminded me of though especially when i was building my pre-release uh cats is just how much i enjoy playing physical magic um you know i, I enjoy playing arena um I get to get in a lot of games, um, but it was fun, you know, just the, the social aspect, being online, chatting, or you know, or chatting with somebody that uh, that I didn't know, and us being able to have it, you know, a you know a civil, you know, just a nice conversation um, that was loosely based <laughs> around you know magic and the new cards. Um, I really miss that experience. That's also another f- fun thing about uh, you know about pre-releases. Um, you tend to get more people out than when than uh, normal, you know, for like a regular you know, Friday night magic. Um, and, and once again, because it's not as competitive, there's an opportunity to go to different places. Um, you know, one of the things that I hope to do, you know, once the world kind of comes back to normal, is they tend to have pre-release, uh, you know, events all, you know, um, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or at least usually Saturdays and Sundays. Um, some places will have midnight events. I've done that once. Don't know if I could do it again, at least at my age, um, and or do it again and be functional and still be able to go to other events during the weekend. Um, but I think I'd like to try just go, going to different local stores. You know, being a, a being able to support them. Um, and then, and B, just getting to play with different people and meeting different people. I think that that's exciting. Um, and that's definitely something that I miss. Um, if you're interested in, uh, you know, in, in playing, uh, trying out spell table, uh, shoot me a message. Uh, or once again, if you want to get on my uh, arena friends list and you want to play some matches, shoot me a message there as well. I, I guess hit me up on Twitter and then I can send you the details or whatever. Um, I still didn't bother. It's two weeks in a row now that I've mentioned my um, um, Magic Arena, and I still haven't bothered to look up my proper username because there's some numbers after the the Pie Whisperer. So you hit me up on Twitter, yeah, uh, the Pie Whisperer. Send me a message, and uh, and then I can we can facilitate something. So that has occupied a lot of the week. The other thing that's 
I guess sticking with Wizards of the Coast is um, it looks like I'm going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons for the first time, uh, which I'm very excited about. Um, had played, uh, so there's a local um, game store. It's actually a, a, like a gaming a, a cafe and gaming lounge that's uh, that's nearby. Uh, I joined their joined their Discord, and it was when in the summer when we were th- when th- it looked like things were going to be ramping back up and reopening, and uh, and then things quickly, <laughs> you know, um, quickly came to a halt, and had really been um, they were looking for sign up uh, sign up to gonna get a better sense of the you know, magic events that were going on and also there was a group that was playing Marvel Crisis Protocol which is a Marvel miniatures game that I should talk about soon so maybe maybe next week oh, we'll see how the week goes and but and and they were playing on Sunday so I thought that there would be you know some conversation there and then all that kind of, like I said, with um, with uh, Ontario kind of going back into lockdown and none of that happened. Um, and then I guess a week or so ago, someone had posted saying that they were, you know, looking to looking to, to do some uh, DMing, um, that they were, you know, pretty, you know, pretty new, but, you know, was wondering if anyone was interested. And you know, I had just said, hey, you know, haven't played before. Um, would, you know, would definitely be, would be interested. And then a few other people had had chimed in. Um, so we're at the point now where, you know, we're developing care, you know, we're creating our characters, um, which has been, which has been fun. Uh, and once again, it's been nice to be able to, you know, to, to, to socialize, um, you know, and meet new people. Um, we haven't obviously we haven't started yet. In fact, just yesterday we were all kind of creating our characters. Um, I was actually surprised how quickly <laughs> this ramped up. It was last, you know, last week the it was hey is anyone interested? And then a couple a few people joined up. And then the last couple of days it's just been a whirlwind of all right, you know, um, someone had posted all right. What what is everyone thinking about creating? And like Friday night I had made a joke about about mine and. And then everyone else was kind of was chiming and saying, "This is what they were thinking of," um, which is obviously, I guess, is great because you want to make sure that you know your party is is, is well balanced, I guess. And and then yet all day yesterday, there was a lot of messages going back and forth about, "All right, I'm working on my character and I'm trying to work on my backstory." It's been it's been fun so far. Um, never played. Um, did. DM one game. I did a like a custom one for my family here um, that was playing very fast and, and loose with the rules. It was more of a, I wonder if they'd be interested in it. So there was a lot of puzzles. And in fact, it was, you know, there was very little combat. It was very, um, it was very puzzle uh, heavy. And the puzzles were, um, and some of them were, you know, deciphering, um, messages from different languages. And, um, there was a, um, there, there was a, a movement puzzle and there was a mirror puzzle and I'm trying to 
remember all, all of them. I had, I had also kind of, oh, I was using my iPad like to present certain things. There was one that was um, a color puzzle. Um, and I don't know if this actually like makes real sense, but it, in, in, in the game it made sense. And it was, there was keys or there was like switches and they were trying to, they were being, them being stuck in a room and they were trying to get out. Um, and there was, you know, everything was kind of shadowed and they could see four levers. But the idea was that, um, if they found a way to illuminate the room, they would see that that the levers were color coded and the door, and there were certain things that, that matched. So you could, they could, that's how they could open up the, the right switch. Right. Um, anyway, it was like, was, that was fun. Um, it was fun enough that the kids, that my wife and kids were like, yeah, that was all right. That was better than we expected. Um, but we've never come back to it. And so I'm really excited just about, like I said, playing, um, playing the game. Um, and, and getting to meet, once again, getting to meet some new people. It's, that's something that, uh, in the past year, we, there really hasn't been an, an opportunity to do, right? So we've been creating our characters using uh, D&D Beyond. Uh, there's a free version that allows you to create up to six characters and then um, you can do more. <laughs> I, think it's, I think you pay like 25 bucks a year and then you have, uh, you can create an unlimited amount of characters and then you've got access to more tools and stuff. And then it's also, that's kind of like the digital um, um, repository of, uh, of D and D books. So you can buy books there. Um, I have the player's handbook and I think I bought the dungeon masters kit and uh, dungeon masters guidebook, um, through D and D beyond. Um, so by doing that, you have access to all the rules and you can look them up pretty quickly. Um, but what's funny is, is even though I have that, I have a physical copy of the player's handbook, which I ended up pulling out <laughs> this weekend and was looking at. Um, so I can, you know, I'm usually not a, a physical book guy. Um, you know, I, I prefer digital stuff. Um, but it was, I, I just found it easier and maybe because I was creating in D and D beyond, it made it easier from going back and forth, um, just to pick up the book and, and do some reading, um, because I, I had actually, it's funny, I had spent quite a bit of time um, trying to des- decide on a character. I thought it was going to be pretty easy, just saying, oh, yeah, this is what the, the character is going to be. Um, but in seeing that the rest of the group was, you know, and obviously investing some time in a backstory and, um, you know, and, and watching some videos, um, that was, uh, you know, about creating a character. Um, yeah, I that was fun. You know, it wasn't just a matter of, all right, I, this is the class I want to be. Here's some stats and here's a random name and, and let's go. Um, you know, it was really putting a little bit of thought into, into the character and the backstory and obviously sharing that with the DM. And I think his plan is to try to figure out ways that he can incorporate people's backstories and some of their challenges into the, uh, into the, um, campaign. So very excited. Like I said, this is all kind of new ground, you know, obviously very familiar with the D and D Dungeons and Dragons, but never played it. So very excited. Last thing I wanted to talk about, cause I'm looking at the time and you know, it's been, we got time, right? We got a bit of time, uh, is uh, game pass for Xbox. 
Um, you know, we're what you know a few months into the new console wars. You know, so the the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X and S came out last November. So we're like five months in. In, um, I will admit. Uh, so I was in a store, um, very briefly a couple weeks ago. It was in a, a Walmart, and I went like as soon as it opened. Haven't been really doing any like going into stores, um, to do shopping or anything. But there was something like we had ordered groceries, um, something we had missed, and it was just a necessity. I'm like, okay, I need to go ahead and get this. Um, and I went as soon as it opened, the place was empty, so was just walking around. It's like, oh, this <laughs> this is novel. Um, you know, so was was wandering around, and, and this would have been prior to the change in Ontario where where essentially big box stores like Walmart have had to block off anything that essentially wasn't grocery related or like essential, well, you know, like, um, like, uh, the, the pharmacy section or, or, you know, or, or baby supplies or whatnot. Um, and it was the first time, um, that I saw a, uh, an Xbox series S sitting on a shelf. Didn't buy it, but, um, but it was interesting in seeing it. Although that being said, I think if, if I was going to be buying a console, it'd probably be that one. Um, definitely an Xbox. So for the past few years, I've been spending, had been spending a lot more time playing, uh, on PlayStation. Um, that was my, you know, last generation. That was the the first console I got. That was kind of the console of choice. My console of choice. I've been pretty much doing everything on the on the PlayStation Four. And then my kids started playing, like a couple years ago, started playing Minecraft. And they were playing it on the PlayStation Four. Um, and now they had they had versions of Minecraft on their on their iPads. Um, but for some reason kept gravitating towards uh, towards playing it on the PlayStation 4. And I guess because they could sit in the same room playing it on a big TV and whatnot. Um, but it meant, and it was driving me nuts because it meant that <laughs> I never got to use my PlayStation. Uh, so I ended up getting a an Xbox, an Xbox One. Um, and then putting it on a different, you know, setting that up on a different TV so that, that would be the, the the console for the girls, and and that way they were also getting the full version of uh, of Minecraft, and you know the, once their account was set up, they could be obviously being able to play in the same world that they were playing on their iPad and everything. So that was great. So I I, I almost never touched my my Xbox One. It was just primarily using uh, playing PlayStation Four. But last Christmas, um, for, uh, I had gotten my wife a copy of uh, the PlayStation 4 remaster of uh, Medieval. When we were first dating, I can remember her being, it was one of her, uh, she was a big fan of the game, so I was really excited. And she got it Christmas Day, and she's all excited, and she's like, well, wait a second, I got to play this downstairs? <laughs> Yeah, and like yeah, that's where the PlayStation Four is, and she did not like that. 
So I ended up swapping the consoles. So we have a, like a family room upstairs and then we have kind of a living room on our main floor and that's where the PlayStation four was. So we ended up swapping it. And so I moved the Xbox downstairs. So last year started playing, I'm actually turning on my Xbox and, and using it a bit. And so when the first, uh, when the first shutdown, uh, happened in Ontario, so a year ago, um, I ended up getting, uh, EA play. Is that what it's called? Uh, and that was the, like the, this, the EA subscription service through, um, through Xbox that gave you access to a whole bunch of games. So started playing, uh, battlefield, whatever the, whatever the, the last battlefield was, the, the last world war two one. Um, so I ended up playing that and uh, that was fun. Um, and was playing it online with some friends and actually, you know, got a headset, which I hadn't done in years. Um, and then I started to, and then got game pass when, uh, red dead, uh, redemption two hit game pass. I'm like, Oh, okay. This is, this is a good value. Um, now I haven't been playing my Xbox a lot. Um, you know, I played a little bit when Star Wars Squadrons launched, um, and every once like I'll turn it on. I've been playing a lot more Magic. That's uh, a lot more Magic doing some reading and stuff, and that's pretty much what my uh, what my gaming has been lately. However, I should mention that over the last couple months, you know, there have been some. Well, I guess this month in April. Xbox Games Pass subscribers are getting two big games. So the first one was at the beginning of the month, which was Outriders. So that was the big uh, Square Enix game that came out. Um, that's you know a uh, action RPG, you know, online looter. Uh, I've heard it's pretty good. Um, I did try to play it. Uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, technical issues, so I couldn't get connected uh, when the game first came out. But I did play the uh, the demo, um, and yeah, it was. That's really it was interesting enough that I was like, oh, I want to play. You know, I'll give this a try. And there was actually some people at work that have been playing it. So, you know, the hope is at some point I'll be able to jump on and, and play. Um, but it's a big game, like you know. That's a $60 game that if you were paying the 20 some odd dollars a month for, you know, Xbox live ultimate, which includes game pass, you know, you had access to that game day one. And then next week we're getting MLB the show, which is just nuts. So, you know, here's a baseball game, you know, that had been a Sony exclusive for years. Um, we found out this year that it, it's coming to the Xbox and Game Pass uh, subscribers are just getting it for free day one. Here you go. I guess it's not free because you're paying, you know, paying, but you're getting it, you know, without any additional cost as part of your Game Pass subscription. And I think that's fantastic. Um, I really like what Microsoft is doing with Game Pass. If I were to, you know, if I were to buy a new console or if I were even to recommend a console for somebody that hadn't, you know, hadn't been playing, uh, you know, maybe... You know, hadn't had a, a console for the last generation or wasn't a big gamer. I think I would push them towards that because you're, there's, you're just, you're getting access to so many games. 
for you know for such a low price. Um, obviously, there's the you know there's the space issue. Um, my understanding is that with the the Series S and X, um, you can't play games off of an. Ex- um, you have to have a. They have a special external memory card um, for you to play games. You can store games on a you know a regular external drive, but you can't play off of them. Um, which with the Xbox uh, One you can. I had to. In fact, I had to get an external <laughs> because. Oh, that's right. I had started playing um, Call of Duty Warzone, which is the hugest game for you know for like what's supposed to be like half a game. It just is such a huge file, and realize oh, just to play this, it's going to take up like half of my uh, you know of the the hard drive space I have on my Xbox One. So it went out and got a you know a one terabyte hard drive for you know 120 bucks or something. I think it was even cheaper than that. Anyway, I'm just really excited about uh, Game Pass, and in fact, I'm sitting here looking at my looking at my TV, and I'm pretty sure that after I'm finished recording this, uh, I'm probably going to turn my Xbox on and, and jump on to Outriders and see if I can actually uh, get started with that game. So, so I think that's going to do it uh, for this week. Um, I thought, you know, I thought I was going to spend a lot more time talking about magic, um, but that's okay. Um, if you want to leave me a message, uh, apparently you can. You can go to, I think it's anchor.fm slash A-S-O-P. I'll have to check that out. There's a way to... There's a way to do it. I'm going to actually write it down for next week. I, that That's a commitment. Um, but there is a way. You can go to my Anchor FM uh, page, and from there you can actually record a message. Um, and if you do that, uh, I will play it on the show, assuming you want me to. Um, or And it's not just you, know, you yelling at me. Not even if it's just you yelling at me, you know, as long as, you know, as long as, uh, you know, you're watching your language, I'll probably play it. Um, if you want to find me online, you can find me, uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I'm the pie whisperer reminder that if you're listening to this show on Spotify, um, you will hear some music at the end of the episode that you won't hear. If you're listening to this show elsewhere, um, usually it's probably going to be the name of the episode. It should be. That's the plan. Um, Hope you enjoyed the show. And until next time.